Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our children, we're losing an entire generation. Uh, now, I love my country and the opportunity that it breeds, but unfortunately, within the universities, we're being taught that not only Western culture is bad, but the United States as a whole is bad or in a force for evil. So today we're gonna to explore why that's false, why it's being taught, and how to fix it. This is the crime of the century. Idea was popularized by uh, a philosopher, sorry, it was invented by a philosopher in the 1750s. His name was Dennis Diderot, spelled like uh, Detroit, although I don't think the two are related. He was French, however. Regardless, and he had never been to the New World when, when he, during his lifetime, but he's also famous for inventing the first encyclopedia. I'll throw that in because he's not just some guy, but uh, one of the, his founding philosophies was that the idea of the noble savage, that essentially the world was good and then Western culture came in and it became corrupted and evil and immoral and wrong. Okay, fine. We'll take that as our base. Though that philosophy didn't necessarily catch on. It did with some of the uh, Jacobins in France, but not to any sort of degree that would have affected uh, how nations behave. And that's usually how you can judge whether or not a political philosophy is validated by the masses, is whether or not a country behaves in that manner or a selective amount of them. But if we fast forward about 140 years to the 1890s or so, and this is a little footnote uh, in history, you can pretty much tell that if, if, the, if the Germans get on an idea, if the Germans um, think something is or try to control things, it's usually going to not turn out well. I mean, they would try to give them control of the uh, Roman Empire. That didn't work. Uh, at least in the West, we tried to uh, allow them to unify and have the balance of power in Europe be in Berlin, and we got two world wars out of it, and it pretty much led to the end of European domination. So whenever you need something, the balance of power in the world to completely shift or be destroyed, uh, just call the Germans, because that's about all they know, how to club things. Now, uh, and over-engineer things. I'll, I'll give them credit for that. Um, Beamers are expensive to repair if you didn't know. Um, one of the, in the universities in the 1890s in Germany, they were one of the first to throw out the notion of God. Universities before then, while they encouraged liberal philosophy, and I don't mean liberal in the modern sense of the term, which, and I am conservative, but the right often says, you know, all these libtards, these, you know, liberal idiots. No, 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 no. That's, that's something else. They're confusing leftists and socialists for liberals. When I mean that the universities used to foster liberal development, it would be an offensive thought, as in, is there something different we can do here? How do we, how do we push the boundaries of freedom? Well, one of the German thoughts that was popularized was essentially um, 
there's no afterlife, right? That was one of their thoughts. There's no afterlife. Let us um, remove, this is, you know, Richard Wegner and some of the people that also started a lot of the uh, anti-Jewish sediment in Germany, which didn't manifest until the Germans got angry in the 30s. And one of their ideas was there's no afterlife and there's no proof of the afterlife. You can't prove it scientifically, therefore it doesn't exist. That's the idea. I don't accept it, but that's the bit what we're working with here. And they, um, the idea was, okay, but how do you live forever? Because there are still some things that we know. There are people who we have paintings of and in the 1890s there started to be pictures of. Um, how, uh, why do we revere some people? And the Germans basically came up with the idea that you only live forever if you do something spectacular, spectacular or great for your country. It was essentially throwing out God and religion and replacing it with nationalism and statism. And that is dangerous, but that is how they were being taught. And so an interesting point to note here, uh, American universities did not give out PhDs uh, in the 1840s till about the 18, to about 1910 or so, they did not give out doctorates. And so a lot of American professors would go to, or people who wanted a doctorate, would go to places like Germany and France and uh, England, uh, and they would learn these philosophies and bring them back. And they were usually, uh, as they are now, part of the higher class. Of course, in those days, they didn't, um, work the way you have some professors nowadays who you know may may not have grown up in the best circumstances but ended up getting a doctorate and becoming very good at being a professor but in in, in these days it was usually that kind of elite class that had enough money to go to school in the first place or higher education and the consequence of that was they came these Professors came back learning only what they had been taught, which was essentially to throw out the notion of God and uh, the afterlife, which is very contrary to American life, which is rooted in Western philosophy and uh, godliness, or Christianity, uh, more notably. And so they began to develop some of the theories uh, that, that we see today, which with them it started, it, it didn't seem as nefarious at first, where they were saying, okay, what, they took the American ideas of freedom and the Constitution and all that and essentially substituted that. They weren't promoting, you know, people go fight for the federal government, but they were promoting that, um, you know, how do we promote liberty and freedom? But also they had a European tint uh, to their idea of freedom, where they figured that the government existed to enforce the will of the people instead of that the government existed only to recognize rights that people already had from God. Remember, they've thrown God out of the equation. So then you see their effects about 20 years later in the early, in the late 1910s manifest in the progressive movement. That's where we get the direct election of senators. That's where we get uh, the FDA. That's where we get many of the regulatory board uh, boards that we have today came from this time period. And I'm not saying they're all bad or that they haven't done some good, um, 
of course, you know, the, the, the FDA, which is a popular one from this time period, um, has notably at, at different times throughout history worked with large farms and, um, you know, corporate interests because they're, they're, they're just a bunch of unelected bureaucrats, so they can be influenced with money and it almost becomes counterintuitive. Like, what, uh, you know, there's no point to, to having this FDA if they can just skirt around the rules and then it only clamps down on the small businesses. But that's another topic for another day. The point of this is that when it first moved into progressivism, it didn't look so bad. But then as we got into the 60s and these, we had the baby boomer generation come out from the greatest generation and they abandoned the idea, they, they, they had also start to abandon the idea of, uh, of God and religion and replaced it with this Eastern mysticism. And that's where you get a lot of the, uh, the big craze nowadays with yoga. That's where you get uh, Buddhism and, 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 and these, that, that somehow a wise person, you know, came from the East instead of the West. And, you know, theology was seen as part of the Dark Age, of course, in the 60s. And what this essentially led to was a bastardization of what it meant, what the American Constitution meant. We, it, it went from being a document that was written by the people to tell the government what it can and can't do to a document like any other where the government is telling to the people what they can and cannot do, which is like any other system before them. See, we, we've also lost sight of the uniqueness of America that we have this idea that when we say we're going to liberate something that we're actually attacking it. And I would be, I think people would be hard pressed to actually show evidence for that theory. You would say, you know, why do we go into uh, a big one is Afghanistan and Iraq in 2001 because the Twin Towers were attacked because like 4,000 Americans died and also there was an oppressive dictatorship in both countries so seems like a liberation force to me why did we get involved in Vietnam again communists were, were, were murdering innocent civilians including American uh, 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 pastors and priests seems like a liberation force to me in Korea again Communists started invading South Korea, so we're not going to stand by and let, you know, our allies be run over. What kind of friend is that? So we're going to come in and we're going to liberate. Why we get involved in the 40s with Japan and, and Germany? Well, because we don't like dictators and fascists taking over the world. There has seldom been a time where the American army was used for evil, if ever. But we've gotten to a point now because of what started way back in the 1890s that we believe that Western culture and American ideas are somehow evil and oppressive while Eastern cultures which are more dictatorial which are more theocratic which don't allow for the freedom of man which is a Western thought we have allowed that to permeate and seep into what we believe as a populace and that is at odds with the American Constitution and so that's why you see a lot of the fighting, uh, the rise of Antifa. That's why you see the socialists in, in the Bronx and in California, because we aren't grounded anymore. We don't learn it in the universities, and you get to pay for the privilege. And that's the crime of the century.
Hey guys, I just got the proof copy of my newest book, Smoke and Mirrors, A Financial Story. Let me tell you why I wrote this book. See, I believe that because of what we've been taught, that we're unknowingly and unnecessarily sending tens of thousands of dollars away to the government, financial institutions, and Wall Street. So I actually wrote the book that goes over the mindset first of breaking free from this conditioning, but then also about exactly how and why these institutions have infiltrated our finances. So pick it up today, $9.99 on Amazon or from my site where you can get a free half hour webinar from me at kevinprendeville.com.